Hacker Public Radio. My name is Clat2, and uh, let's see, in my last episode for Hacker Public Radio, I was talking about setting up Alpine with uh, IMAP for your email. And Alpine, of course, is the text-based email client, sort of the successor to the Pine uh, email client. And uh, so I was talking about that, setting it up with IMAP, and this time I'm going to be talking a little bit about setting up GNU PG, which is the GNU Privacy Guard, which is the free version of the popular PGP encryption method, with Alpine. Um, So this way, if you are using uh, Alpine and you want to encrypt your messages or digitally sign your messages, then you can do that very easily. And in fact, for my money, um, it's easier to do to manage this kind of thing in Alpine than it is in something like, for instance, Thunderbird, which I love. Thunderbird, I use that a lot as well on a different machine, but just in terms of, you know, your GPG keys and things like that, I don't know, for me, Alpine makes it pretty easy and just really understandable. So even if you don't end up using Alpine on a permanent basis, uh, kind of stepping through this and getting an idea of what's going on in the back end kind of helps you understand it when you maybe go over to a more GUI-centric app where, you know, the encryption isn't necessarily just built in and stuff like that. And it's always good to have that kind of low-level understanding of something. Um, I'm going to assume that you have some familiarity with GPG or PGP, that kind of encryption, um, because... This isn't really an episode about how to do that. It's about how to do that with Alpine. Um, So I'm going to... uh, I'll just kind of briefly touch on the GPG stuff. And if you need more information about that, I know that Linux Reality uh, had an episode on how to do that, how to set that up. Um, I did an episode on it on my uh, The Bad Apples podcast. It's thebadapples.info. Um, somewhere in season two, there's a show where I'm talking about how to set up, you know, GPG on your system, and I do a fairly good job of explaining it. So, if you need background in that, just go go check out a different, you know, episode of a different show or something, and um, and that'll hook you up. Okay, so, um, you know, I mean, if you've got a, a key already, if you've got your GPG uh, key already in place then all you need to do, really, is import that key for each user uh, onto the onto your system that you're setting up. Or if it's already on your system, then you don't need to do anything. You already have it. Now, if this is a new system, and if you're new to GPG, then you're just going to do the GPG space dash dash gen dash key. That's G-E-N dash key, K-E-Y. Uh, and that's going to then step you through some questions, pretty simple questions, about you know your your name uh how how long your key how how many how long you want your your key to be i think default is 2048 but they also have a 4096 i think uh, available i think that's what i usually do um and then there's a comment field and all this other good stuff it's pretty pretty basic um and from there you you basically can That'll make a new directory in your home folder, uh, .gnupg, and 
that's going to give you a private and a public key. And just to verify this, you might want to type in gpg space dash dash list dash keys space and then some word, some keyword that you've just entered when you made your key. So if your name is Klaatu, uh, or if my name is Klaatu, then I might just type in Klaatu, and it will show, it'll list all the keys that have the string Klaatu in it. Um, so if I know someone else named Klaatu, I might see, you know, his name as well, or his his public key as well. But um, that's how to filter it down. And you, you don't have to do it by name. You can do it by the email address. Uh, you can do it by a you know part of the strings. You can't remember if there was one A or two A's in Klaatu, so you could just do KLA, um, whatever. So um, that that lists all that kind of information. That's fine. That's good. Um, and that just kind of confirms to you that yes, you do have your key set up, your little keychains in your system. You can look at keys, you can delete them, you can add to them, whatever. Um, if you are new to this, you might want to also upload your key to a key server because part of the way that this works uh, is that the public key is public. And the more people who know uh, that you are a real person with this key assigned to you, with your knowledge, basically, the better. Um, so spreading that key around, the public key, uh, benefits you because it basically adds to the level of trust that people can have in that digital signature. Um, the other the other side of this is like key signing events where you meet people in person they tell you to your face that yes, they have this key, they know that this key exists, it is what they use, uh, and then you can have them sign that key, uh, they can digitally sign it, and that really boosts the level of, of trust because then you assume um, that if you get a message from them with that key associated with it, uh, you know, even if someone had gained physical access to their system, uh, it, it would ask them for their password, so, you know, I mean, the chances of of, of someone faking that at that point gets pretty slim. So to make it public, to post it onto a key server, uh, it's free, it's easy, you need to be hooked up to the interwebs, um, and you type in gpg space dash dash key server, and then equals, and then you need to know what a good key server is. Uh, the one that I've used simply because that's the one that I know about is x dash hkp uh, colon slash slash pgp dot mit dot edu um, dash uh, space dash a space dash dash send dash keys and then your key ID. Um, and the key ID is something that you can find when you list your key ring, like when you do the uh, the uh, when you do the, P, the GPG uh, space dash dash list dash keys and in the description, that will show you your key ID. Um, so that will upload it to a key server, and once it's there, it's going to spread, you know, like wildfire. It'll it'll go from one key server to the next, to the next, to the next. And then if someone gets an email from you, and maybe you guys have been talking for a while, and then you start using this little key. And you know, you say, "Yeah, hey, I'm using a key now. So if you want to import it, you can." They can just they can just say, "Okay, uh, GPG uh, dash dash import," um, or actually, they could even search keys, and and they'll find your um, 
you know, the key server will look, the, their computer will look at the key server for, you know, Klaatu, and they can add your, your key uh, via the key server. Now, that's not to say that they still shouldn't make an attempt, like if you both are at a Linux Fest or something like that, or a HackerCon, um, then, you know, getting together and saying, hey, yeah, look, I'm Klaatu, I've really been emailing you, and yes, that's really my key, that's not a bad idea, because that's just, that's where the the, the trust level gets boosted a, a lot, because then it's a face-to-face -face kind of thing. You're aware that there's a key out there with your name attached to it, and you are using it, and that helps... Uh, that helps the whole theory of, you know, this being trusted uh, and secure. Um, okay, so, and signing a public key is pretty easy, um, but um, I'm not going to go into that right now, because it really has nothing to do with what I said this episode was about, which I will get into right now, which is how to set up Alpine, uh, or Pine, actually, this would probably use, this will work with Pine as well, um, with GNU Privacy Guard. So, um, you know, I mean, you, you might know, you know, I mean, the idea of GPG, what, there are two sides of it. There's one where you just, you sign the email, which basically attaches your public key file to, I think, uh, to the email, and it sends it, you know, to someone, and they get to see the, the, the key, and they can compare it with the key that they have you know, they have for you on file, and if it's the same, then great. Now, that's that's not really encryption. That's just, you know, kind of making your public key known, and, you know, you're signing the message, and it does require your password in order to get that on there, but that's that's not really, that's not encryption per se. Uh, the way to, to really encrypt it is to send basically a text file uh, or, or a file through GPG, and the way you do that, it's pretty easy to remember. It's GPG uh, space dash E uh, space dash A space dash R. So it's like I always think of ear E A R. I don't, I mean, I don't know why, but that's what it spells, and that makes makes it kind of easy. So it's GPG dash E dash A dash R, and then the uh, description of the file that you want to um, the description that you want to uh, encrypt with the, the the key that you want to use, and then the file name. Um, and again, the, the description, you probably should just use your key ID, but I think there's some flexibility there, but I generally just use my key uh, ID. And, uh, and then you put the file name in, and that generates a f something called file.asc, and that is an encrypted uh, file. And if you want to decrypt it, um, that's GPG space dash D space dash O. Um, and then you give it the name that you want to the, the file to be decrypted as, and then you space, and then the, the input file, file.asc uh, slash GPG. It will ask you for your passphrase and then it will decrypt the message. Okay, so obviously going out, writing an email, not sending it yet, taking all that text, running it through GPG, and then pasting that, you know, and then forwarding that encrypted file along, I mean, that would be really weird. Not very easy to use. So what you can do is set 
Alpine up to, to do all of that stuff for you. And here's how you do it. So first of all, you need to figure out where exactly your GPG uh, file was installed. Um, depending on what Unix box you are on, what Unix system you're on, uh, this may actually differ. For instance, uh, let me see, at home on Linux, um, which I'm not in front of right now, uh, I'm pretty sure it goes into uh, user, U usr uh, slash bin. Could be wrong. usr slash I think it's usr bin, but don't quote me on that. Uh, and then on OS 10 uh, at work, which is naturally where I am right now, since I loathe to actually get any work done here, I would rather record Hacker Public Radio. Um, it, it's going into slash usr slash local slash bin. Maybe that's where it goes on Linux as well. Uh, slash gpg. And to find that out anyway, the point of the, all that was, uh, you simply type in which gpg. W-H-I-C-H gpg. And in case you, if you don't know that command, that's a pretty handy one. If you type in which and then the name of an application, it'll show you like the, the absolute path of where that application is. So it's a pretty handy one. Uh, and then you do, uh, um, so so that path. Remember that path because that's going to be um, important. And now what you can do is you're going to go into your .gnupg folder in your home folder and you will want to create some aliases. The aliases should go into some sort of reasonable uh, directory. What I usually do is I just put them in my slash, uh, slash home slash clatu slash bin folder. So that's just, you know, your, your home folder, or if you're on... Uh, you know, a different Unix system, like here on OS X at work, I put it in, uh, you know, it would be slash users with a capital U, uh, slash, you know, clatu work, slash bin. And obviously there will be no bin folder by default in your home folder. You'll have to make that yourself, uh, again, depending on what system you're on. Um, so what I usually do is I'll do, um, I, I just make some aliases in here. Uh, so, because GBG has a couple of different functions, and making aliases helps Alpine sort of divide up the work. So I do an ln uh, da uh, space dash s space space slash usr slash local slash bin slash gpg uh, space encrypt, and then I do a soft uh, ln space dash s space usr local bin gpg space sign and then I do the same thing with GPG so I've got an alias to GPG one is called encrypt one is called sign and one is called GPG alright so we've established aliases in our home uh, our home slash bin folder uh, and now we're going to go into the GPG uh, configuration file I mean the, um, the, the Alpine configuration file and make some changes to that. Um, that is that should be in your home folder, and at least on the systems that I'm running, it is it has always been called 
pine.rc. Now, I am not 100% sure if that's because I had pine installed first and upgraded to alpine later, or if that's just what alpine uses. But it is .pine.rc. But if you don't see one of those and you've just installed alpine, for instance, then maybe look around for a .alpine.rc. Um, now, this configuration file is pretty well set up already. Um, and what you'll want to do, like if you use, for instance, vim, then you can just do a forward slash for a search and then just type in, like, display or display-filters, and that'll take you right down to the section of display filters. And for that, you're going to want to type in some kind of leading, uh, sort of a header. So it'll be display dash filters equals and then underscore leading all in capital letters and then parentheses quotes and you know something to indicate that this is a PGP encrypted message so you could put like you know PGP encrypted message or something like that you know just to indicate to the to the, this this will show up in the email message basically uh, and then you close the quotes close the parentheses and another underscore, um, space, you know, slash uh, home, slash clatu, slash bin, slash gpg, space, dash, dash, decrypt. And that's, so that's one option. So then you're going to do comma. And then you'll do, um, you'll do the same thing, basically. It's going to be, um, th but this is going to be for signed for the signed message. So that'll be underscore leading, uh, parenthesis, quote, um, you know, PGP signed message, underscore, and then your home directory, which would be what, slash home, slash clat2, slash bin, slash gpg, space, dash, dash, decrypt. So you've got one message, one leading message for the, um, the PGP encrypted message, and you've got one for the signed message. Uh, then you're going to want to do a search there in Vim for sending dash filters. Okay, so the display filters is one thing, and that's where you're where you are getting an email from someone that's been either signed or encrypted, and you need to decrypt that information. Uh, and then there's the sending filters where you're sending something out and you want to pipe your message through GPG so that it is uh, encrypted. Okay, so sending dash filters equals slash home slash clat2 slash bin slash sign. Remember, that's the alias that we had created uh, to sign something. And then space dash dash clear sign, comma. So that's the signing. And then we're going to do the encrypting. So now, so we just did a comma. So then it's going to be space slash uh, home slash clat2 slash bin slash encrypt space dash a space dash dash encrypt space dash r um, space underscore recipients underscore space dash r space clatu at thebadapples.info or whatever your your um, the email address that is assigned is associated with your key you put that there uh, and then you're going to want to do also um, Okay, another comma, and you're going to do slash home slash clat2 slash bin slash gpg space dash a uh, space dash s space dash dash encrypt space dash r 
space underscore recipients underscore space dash r for the recipients, so then space uh, uh, get the bad apples dot info. And that will set up so that when you're sending a message, you have a couple of different options. And there'll be one for signing, there'll be one for encrypting, uh, and then there's another one that I don't use, but uh, it's good to have. So there you go. Um, now, when you send email via Alpine, you'll be you'll go in and you'll compose the message as normal. So you just hit C for compose, and you'll type in the person's name. You'll tab you use tab completion to get their their email address there. You go down to the subject field. You type in the subject. And you go down to the message body, and you might have it set up, you know, to use Pico to to compose your email might have it set up to use Vim or Emacs, whatever, but you write your message, and then you get back into Alpine from whatever text editor you were just using to do the message. Um, and then you can, you're, you're going to hit Control-X to sign uh, to send it. But then what's going to happen, you know, it confirms. It says, do you want to send this right now? What you can do is you can hit either Control-N for next or Control-P for previous, and you can go, you can scroll through filters. And these filters are the things that we just set up. And there's GPG, uh, there's encrypt, and there's sign. And uh, GPG is going to encrypt and sign the email. That's the one I actually do not use. Um, no, that's the one I do use. Encrypt is the one I do not use. That's the one that only encrypts. And then sign, that's, a, that's one that I do use. That only signs it. So the two that I generally use are GPG and sign. Um, I don't really know the purpose of just encrypting something without signing it, but it's there if you need it. So GPG, you, know, you just hit Control-N, and it'll it'll show you the different options. So just remember, GPG does both. Encrypt just encrypts, and sign just signs. The, uh, you know, Alpine will resolve who who you are sending the, e the the email to and it will use that person's public key if it is in the key the key ring um to 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 encrypt all the all the information against uh, your your information so uh, receiving it is even easier um there's not really anything to do when you're receiving the uh the email alpine just it's got access to your key ring it it knows who people are, it knows who you are. It um, it'll ask you for your passphrase to to get into you know your GPG, uh, but other than that, it's pretty transparent. It's pretty simple. Um, and that's pretty much all there is to it. It's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to um, to do that. And and once you do it a couple of times, you start really understanding uh, what's going on in the background with, you know, GPG and, and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think it'll help you, um, if you don't already use it for, you know, GUI apps, I think it'll help a lot kind of understanding what's going on in the background. Because the whole concept of the key ring and stuff like that used to really confuse me. But once I started kind of looking through my own key ring on the, uh, on the command line and seeing how you know, Alpine was sending everything through filters and stuff like that, that really, and making those aliases myself so that I really saw, okay, so this is, 
this is this aspect of GPG. This is just the encryption aspect. Okay, this is just the signing aspect. This is both. You know, it just made a lot of sense to me. So play around with that if you want, um, and uh, give it a shot in Alpine, and uh, use it, you know, a lot. It's a really good method of uh, sort of establishing a, a sense of trust and belief that who you are speaking with via email uh, is really the person that you believe you are speaking with. So after you hit the filters, you know, like if I were to say, okay, yeah, I wanna, I've got this message, I want to send it to someone, I want to send it to Enigma at Hack Republic Radio, and I want to sign it, then, or I want to sign and encrypt it, then when I when I hit return again, it's going to take me to a new screen and ask me for my passphrase uh, to to make sure that I'm really me, you know, that not that someone didn't just come in while I was away, sat down at my computer, and decided to send Enigma, you know, hate mail with encrypted and signed by me. It would be something that was. Um, that was clearly me because I needed to know, you know, they have they would have had to figure out the passphrase. Now the passphrase is the weakest link in this whole equation. You know, the GPG or the PGP encryption, that's really strong. I'm sure it's not perfect, but it's it's I mean, it was basically, you know, the, the federal government like tried to arrest the person who came up with the method. So I mean it's pretty good <laughs> if it scared them. Um it's really it's it's pretty strong. Um in fact I don't even think it's distributed I know the GPG one isn't even distributed from U.S. soil. It's it's something that you get from an FTP server, not within the you know quote national boundaries of the U.S. of A. So I mean it's pretty strong stuff. Um, the weak link is your passphrase and your physical uh, security. So if your computer's like open and you walk away and you don't have like a screensaver that comes on to you know. To, uh, to lock your screen or, you know, you have automatic login turned on so that someone could just reboot and be in your, you know, on your computer. That's bad. And then number two, uh, if you've got a stupid passphrase, you know, um, then that's that's going to make, in theory, I mean, that would be obviously a lot, it would be a lot easier for someone to come in and pretend to be you sign and encrypt your mail your their e- email in your name you know and people people would be getting email thinking that well it's got their it's encrypted and it's signed by them it must really be Klaatu but in reality I just I had a stupid password you know so passphrases are important uh, physical security is important um and uh, knock yourself out. Have fun. It's it's cool. GNU Privacy Guard, very good application. Um, I've confirmed that it works quite well on both Linux and OS X. I'm pretty darn sure they have a version for Windows. So you know, use it. Uh, keep track of your keys too. It's kind of like one of those things where once you once you kind of establish a key for yourself, you want to definitely make a backup file of that .g and .upg folder in your home directory which, um, now that I'm talking about it, I think I will do after I finish recording right now. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.